Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gun and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. Listen up, all you gamers out there. Miracle Fruit Oil is ramping up the deals on its awesome Vitabrace Gaming Wristband. Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve your gaming performance. Vitabrace will help you achieve your gaming goals, whether it's that single-player campaign, retro classic, or battle royale. Head on over today to MiracleFruitOil.com, and if you use the code VITABRACE50, you'll get half off on a Vitabrace gaming wristband, or use the code BUY1GET1, and it's BUY1, GET1 free. That's right, just use the code VITABRACE50, or buy and the number one, get and the number one today to get some great deals on some Vitabrace gaming wristbands. So check it out today at MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace, win with it. All right, and we're back once again with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald coming right back at you here with another amazing interview. And I'll tell you what, this young lady was just so excited to get back on the air for our June TV update that, you know what, she just couldn't hold back. She had to go out and reach out to me and say, you know what, Gerald, I need to go ahead and tell your listeners what's going on in the TV world because she is one of the premier writers for the TV Ratings Guide, you got to check out everything going on today at the TVRatingsGuide.com, all their original programming that they have. Of course, they give you all the latest news and updates on the TV rating scene, reviews, articles, and so much more. You got to check it out today, the TVRatingsGuide.com. It is my good friend, Miss Jessica Boggs. And I'll tell you, Jess, you've got a lot to talk about today when it comes to TV going on this summer. Yeah, there are a lot of upcoming premieres based on June alone, both on the broadcast and cable. Absolutely. And I I know you also wanted to talk about the schedules and how they rank as far as because all the networks after what happened in May with the upfronts and all that, just like you said, like you told me, they would go ahead and just release the schedules right after. And I saw some of the trailers for the upcoming shows and whatnot that are coming this fall. So you will also have a listing of the kind of a ranking of which schedules you're, you're most excited about and which ones you're not. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say before we go ahead into the ranking of the schedules. I know there's some updates you want to give everybody as far as summer TV programming out there. Well, we got a lot of returnees coming from Fox, NBC in the reality type thing. So you think it can dance is coming back on Fox master chef junior. We have the finale and then there's black mirror 
on Netflix, three episodes of it. And I know a lot of people are excited for that. Black Mirror has captivated audiences, especially after the two really strong episodes towards the end of the year, especially the interactive one that caught the imagination for many people within pop culture in the latter half. Uh, in fact, actually, I was just going to say December of 2018. So a lot of people are excited for Black Mirror coming around the corner from Netflix. It's one of the big hits of Netflix that they have helped generate. And a lot of people are excited for that. I know a lot of people are excited for some of the other things on streaming as well. But are there anything on as far as the broadcast networks? I know American Ninja Warriors, it's here already. It's June. It's, it's about that time. Plus, Elementary is now deep into a couple episodes in already as far as its final season for CBS. That's something near and dear to my heart to see how it closes out. But also a lot of other interesting things like America's Got Talent. You mentioned that and some other shows as well. So it is going to be an interesting summer this time around. Well, we also have what's going on with the CW is starting to premiere their shows this week for Masters of Illusion, Burden of Truth, and we also have some other shows coming on ABC. Sunday programming, the Celebrity Family Feud, the $100,000 Pyramid to Tell the Truth, they're all coming on Sunday on the night. And then there's the Press Your Luck revival, the Card Sharks revival, and Match Game premiering season four, which is pretty much ABC going like all game show heavy this summer besides airing The Bachelorette. Absolutely. And I want to ask you, which of those game shows do you feel is going to connect the most with audiences? I know Alec Baldwin, he has had a, I guess, mixed reaction to some of the stuff that he's done as far as summer programming is concerned. I could just tell you off the bat. But which of the shows you feel, the game shows, I should say, which of the game shows you feel will connect most with audiences this summer? With the new shows, I would go with Press Your Luck, but it's not that much, though. But with the returning shows, it could go either way because Celebrity Family Feud has been on the decline for how long? For a few seasons now, but still strong for summer. But there's still a lot of options that are there. Like you said, there's a lot of game shows that are coming to ABC. NBC is a little bit different as far as more reality television, whether it's athletic or singing or just you know variety performances. Your thoughts on America's Got Talent, America's Ninja Warrior, that type of mentality from NBC seems to have hold them Put, it seems to have put them in a good place each and every summer. Do you think that success will continue as far as them continuing to promote those type of shows? I think for the most part, they're always going to be summer. That's why AGT had a spinoff. But I think mostly it has been hit and miss. With Little Big Shots, it hasn't done that well or justifying a renewal. Plus, there's also been some controversy with, but not much of a controversy because Steve Harvey got fired from his talk show and we got a new host for Little Big Shots in Melissa McCarthy. And that seems to be something of talk 
I guess I've seen it on some of the trade outlets like Variety and Hollywood Reporter hinted at or when they're going ahead with their press releases as far as bigger name stars that are predominantly seen on sort of a film movie type format or some really high profile TV stars that are actually coming to work. Maybe like almost like an off season type deal where they're coming to do these type of shows where you're seeing more I guess, of a appearance by individuals such as The Rock, like you said, Melissa McCarthy, and there's several others. How do you think that's going to impact the ratings? How do you think that's going to impact the interest of viewers and audiences out there when you have such a high-profile name? Because like you said, we have seen that, and there's been some hits and misses when it comes to those high-profile shows with high-profile actors and actresses as a part of it. That's going to be mostly a miss for the most part because it has everything to do with expenses and least to do with ratings. Well, when and ratings get lower, that's when it becomes more expensive. Okay. But do you see as, you know, as far as some of these shows being a hit with that lead actress or lead actor or host in a role that – we are so familiar with from those big blockbusters that they're a part of that you see almost every year. It just seems interesting that it's almost like a second job. It's almost like a third, second or third job for them that they're picking up like, huh, I have a break in my schedule. I think I'll go do a game show or, hey, I have a break in my summer here. Let me go ahead and just be a part of this or throw my name into the mix as far as being a part of this reality type format. It's kind of like what happened with Mike Myers, though, in his impression of a British comedian hosting... The Gong Show. Yeah, and it it worked, and then it didn't sustain itself for seasons two, because it stayed on Thursday, and Thursday wasn't doing too hot. And that's a shame, because as you and I both know... For advertisers and revenue, Thursday is one of the most important viewing days of the week because of the fact that you see a lot of stuff coming out for, like, for instance, movie movies. Movie companies love to heavily advertise on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays as it gets closer to the premiere of their movies. So they love to go ahead and dish out the ad dollars specifically for those primetime evenings. And that's why a lot more eyes as well are on it because people are home more often on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, and they go out more often on Fridays and Saturdays and whatnot. But even in the summertime, it's still, you need to go ahead and get those eyes out there. What type of game shows you feel are going to be able to connect with an audience? You said, you mentioned press your luck, I think is one of them that is going to be something that will connect a lot with audiences over the course of the summer. Is there any other intriguing shows you feel are going to be able to connect with audiences in a way that may surprise some people out there? Card Sharks is close behind with the Press Your Luck on Wednesday. So I'm looking forward to see what's happening next. And then later into June, we got Holy Moly and then Family Food Fight and Reef Break coming on june 20th so that's going to be an interesting term of events for for summer i have a feeling family food fight is going to be a more of a cooking show than an actually throw pie in the face of people's type show because i would enjoy the latter instead of the former 
<laughs> it's like imagine like this is not going to sustain itself with the everybody throwing food at each other and i still don't even get the premise well i just wanted to understand what it was all about because i heard of it didn't actually see the promo for it but I'm hoping it'll be something where uh, people get a chance to throw some food at each other because to me that seems kind of interesting and fun. You're right, whether it lasts long term or that type of novel concept that remains to be seen. But yes, I do think that there's going to be a lot of good stuff going on over the course of summer with a lot of great shows, a lot of great programming that are still available to people out there. So, yes, while everybody's doing a lot of great things out over the course of summer and going on trips and whatnot, there's still some great shows out there. American Ninja Warrior, I want to ask you really about that because I know for my family, they still watch it quite a bit. What are the prospects for an American Ninja Warrior? I know they're coming up with a new type of obstacle event that they're trying to go ahead and make more of a competition out of as far as head-to-head as opposed to one person does it, then another person does it. And do you see this as something that might boost some, I'm not going to say sagging ratings, but ratings that have not trended up in recent times? I think for the most part, the core audience is still there for American Ninja Warrior, but we have to see if a fresh way would sustain itself. And it's still too early to tell with that. It is a little bit too early. I get that. But I feel that American Ninja War still has a strong and solid audience base. Whether or not it can sustain that or grow off it again and just be that juggernaut that it has been for so many years, we'll have to wait and see. But I'm hopeful for it. It's still always an enjoyable show. Although personally, in that type of realm, my favorite type of show was Wipeout, which was a staple of Same. summer program. Yes, there you go. A staple of summer programming for many years. I have a feeling, this is not something I've heard on news or anything like that, but I have a feeling, since you and I both know in the television and film industry, what is old will become new again. I have a feeling at some point in time, Wipeout will be brought back from the dead. I think it's it's... To me, it's just a, such an enjoyable show and that I believe at some point in time they will bring it back from the dead Whether to try it at least one more time to see if it, it will work with audiences. To me, I just, I just loved it. That and its predecessor, it's based off of MXC. If you ever catch that on, on YouTube or what was once Spike Television, that was, just, uh, that was just an amazing show indeed. But be that as it may, there's a lot of other great things going on with summer programming. You wanted to talk a little bit about what was going on cable and all the things that are going on with cable television out there. I want to talk to you first about Freeform. And you mentioned Freeform as I have. And you know I've not been too kind about Freeform. You know I think it should not even be on the air or they should go ahead and reformat it into something more substantial that would meet either a niche audience or that would meet a broader audience with something with more with better content because for me the issue has been content and it seems like it's just been shows that have sent, been sent to die go to freeform and it just seems like the the network in and of itself has just been never thought would never well thought of am i wrong in that perception no you're not wrong and basically the ratings for like the recent shows on freeform 
Pretty Little Liars, it didn't work. Good Trouble, eh, meh. Everything is like at point two or below with almost every show. And Grownish, which is premiering to be this month, the second half of season two, it's lagging quite a bit too in the ratings aspect. But there's also been a regime change in Freeform since Freeform's president moved to ABC, which is probably eh. We'll go into that a little bit later in the schedule ranking. Okay, and that's fine. But, I, you know, if I was looking at moving someone from to run ABC, I would not look at Freeform because Freeform has not been a success and network. I don't care who, who it is. And let's get that out of the way. I don't care who it is that's running ABC now because I know who it is that's running ABC now. But the individual's past as far as if it's from Freeform – Freeform has not been built up as a success. And if you're putting someone in the position to run ABC, come on. You got to have that that at least that recent history where you're building up a successful network. And as you and I have said, that Freeform has never been a success at any point in time. I've never thought of it as something that I have to go and watch. And unfortunately, Freeform has to go ahead and reevaluate itself. In fact, you know, Disney because it's owned by Disney. It has to reevaluate exactly what Freeform is doing. I think there's so many be- better uses for what Freeform could be and far as far as evolving into, and especially now that they have FX, that they have FXX, that they have Hulu, the whole thing. They're not and National not, Geographic too. Yeah, and National Geographic too and 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 they have those entities now. There is not a need for Freeform because there's so many other higher platform opportunities for them to go ahead and promote their shows. Freeform seems like this, I don't know. I mean, you have this collection of trophies inside your room, and then you have this little one for participation award way in the back. That's That, that to me, is Freeform, stuck in the back gathering dust, as far as that's concerned. So I think you could still do something with it. You don't have to shut it down entirely. But I still think a reformatting of Freeform is in order. And I think that something needs to be done with that with that network because it's been a joke. You you even said it now. I mean, I've been telling you now for what, almost two years, how much of a running joke. And now they don't even have the Harry Potter franchise anymore. So they can't even rerun Harry Potter to death. So that being said, Freeform does need to go ahead and reevaluate itself. But there's so many other cable options out there, and there's so much other cable news you want to talk about. So share the goods, my friend. What is going on with cable this summer that you really want to talk about and get over? Because I really want to hear the latest updates on what's going on in the world of cable. Well, mostly we have uh, upcoming premieres. And with summer, with cable, you got all the award shows for the first one being CMT, though. Younger is then coming on the TV land, which I thought it was going into Paramount, but now it's not. Paramount is like hit and miss. Most of the shows are unscripted, just like on MTV, but more geared towards different type of audience. Yellowstone is the only scripted success on Paramount so far. But they're doing some things differently. I know, (laughs) and you'll forgive my laughing, but... The person now, what's the host name of Bar Rescue? Um, I honestly am. 
Okay, but the guy who's hosting Bar Rescue, and I'll look up his name while you're talking. What are your thoughts on the guy from Bar Rescue actually starting up a show where he's now trying to save parishes? So he gets you drunk, and now he goes ahead <laughs> and tries to get you from not John being divorced. John Tapper. John Tapper. Yeah, there you go. John Tapper. I just think that's amazing that 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 takes a lot of gall and bravado. You know, if I'm John Tapper and Nate Paramount says, I've got a great idea for this show, Paramount greenlights it, you know, I'm taking the cash all day long. That being said, how legitimate is this? And do you see any type of success for it? Because I don't, but you know what? It could be one of those situations where I'm totally off base and it finds that niche because they see two people arguing for 30 minutes and at the end of the show, they're they're hunky-dory. And then there's like wife swap coming back and again on with the revivals. (laughs) Yeah. But still your thoughts on this Paramount starting to think outside the box. And I appreciate that. And while there's still some things I would do when it comes to the Paramount network, I still think that there's a lot of room left to grow, but I want to hear your thoughts. Do you think marriage rescue is going to be a success with John Tapper. I guess that's just when I saw that commercial. That sounds like a VH1 type MTV type show though, except for older adults. Well, it's just because the fact it's not, uh, I'll use an older reference, a Dr. Drew or someone that's really uh, experienced in the field. And it's someone that's not experienced in the field trying to deal with this that might be a car crash and that you know people love to watch a car crash so it actually might be something that a lot of people might enjoy for one reason or another but it, it's just crazy that this is actually going to go ahead and come to fruition and audiences are going to see it this summer uh, you know just it blows my mind it blows my mind but your thoughts overall on Paramount Network what do they need to do to actually go ahead and achieve that kind of regular audience which they're at this point is still up in the air on whether or not they're going to be able to continue it or not i think it's going to probably be scripted for most part has been hit or miss um the only hit being a mini series and yellowstone but i think eventually this is going to turn into mostly unscripted just like mtv is unscripted who knows where Scream Season 3 is going to be airing. And that's a shame because, you know, Paramount Network, remember, remember it started off with a miniseries based off the events in Waco, Texas, which actually got uh, some, some decent reviews. It got some garnered some interest and actually got the network off to a good start. A lot of people were very interested to see what was happening. I was hoping for some good quality television to come there. And then Yellowstone, that actually followed up, you know, despite what what the critics say and despite what what anybody else out there says, you're right. It has been a rating success. Kevin Costner has been able to bring his name and his experience to it. And you know what? For the most part, it's worked out very well for them, but they don't have a whole lot behind it as far as, like you said, scripted television. Well, unless you call Bar Rescue and Marriage Rescue scripted television, but we won't go there. But I, I like to see more of that because that's what got them in, in a situation where it got them noticed in the first place. But they're following it up, like you said, with quote-unquote unscripted and reality television, which seems to me always like an easy, cheap fix that doesn't always work out. It's kind of like that's what Spike that's when Paramount did before when it was Spike TV. 
And Esquire TV, if I remember correctly. Yeah, which now it's its own network, the Esquire network, which is basically third tier, kind of like Viceland is. Yeah, don't get me started on Viceland. That's something that is very sleek, but if it's very, very nice looking, very, um, their presentations are very good, but their platform and, and the fact that they go ahead and, and they're not on somebody else's network, but their shows are trying to be part of their own network, that is just a recipe for disaster because it's it's that nice show, that nice looking show that nobody watches because it's just not uh, it's just not available. And it, and it, their shows seem like it would be a great fit on somebody else's network, but to have it on their own is just yeah, it's just it's not working out for them. It's kind of like they have the regular ratings, Blue Tarski zero point zero rounded, even yeah. though there is an audience. And they've had the, the as far as from a pop culture standpoint, I can tell you the ratings have been okay for the dark side of the ring. Some of the sh episodes there have uh, showcased, even though most of the stuff that we've seen on it, as far as from a professional wrestling fan standpoint, has information that we've seen before and known before. But it's been, it was repackaged in a way that the it was okay to watch. And it was very slick. It was the way it was presented. And those, most of their shows are, but... They're already cutting staff. They're already cutting shows. Their daily show, I think that they already had to go ahead and cancel pretty much out of the box. So I think, like I said, Viceland should have been in, uh, something where they produce shows for other networks as opposed to try and create their own networks because it just doesn't seem to be working out. But getting back to the Paramount Network real quick, my question to you is, why isn't Paramount making a larger effort to go ahead and get their most well-known property and that is star trek uh, star trek is their most well-known property that they have or at least they're supposed to have at least uh, you know you see paramount as far network as far as the paramount company on as far as them being a major part of the star trek universe and they're not utilizing all those because of all the syndication deals that they've signed out there and things of that nature your thoughts on why they haven't addressed this glaring hole that they have that Star Trek could fill up because you see them on CBS All Access and they're thriving there. And that's the thing. They're thriving on CBS All Access with Star Trek Discovery, the Picard show, the shorts that they did. I don't understand at all why they're not going ahead and making a larger effort to put all or anything Star Trek onto one of their platforms, especially their own network. I think it has something to do with uh, Star Trek having CBS having the rights to Star Trek at the moment. But even all the old stuff, all the old stuff is still, it's out there in syndication. And to me, it just boggles my mind why they don't use that as schedule filler or the movies or, you know, all these deals that they have. They could go ahead. Marvel, I will give you an example. Marvel and Disney are making an effort to try and go ahead and recoup everything, including Star Wars as well, to recoup everything for the Disney Plus network, for the Disney Plus outlet. They're trying to recoup everything so they have everything all in one spot. I don't see the same effort being made from Paramount. And that to me is a shame because you have literally thousands of hours of, of programming that have been a part of the star trek universe that you could go ahead and and have 
and be a part of as far as the Paramount Network is concerned, that peep that would regularly watch because Star Trek has a niche audience. It doesn't have a you know as large an audience as Star Wars or Marvel or whatnot, but it has its own niche audience that follows it regularly. And to me, I see that as a, as a mistake that they're not making a larger effort to go ahead and try and put it on its own network. But that's just me. Yeah, personally, they should have like a mix of like scripted and unscripted because we're not trying to be like older adults type MTV here. And the ratings are showing it for Paramount is they're not making an effort outside of Yellowstone and and some unscripted entries. Yeah, I agree with you totally on that. And that's something that there could be the possibility, especially because it's supposed to be backed by Paramount. And as, as the Paramount Network continues to go on, the question remains is, do they want to go ahead and get that get to that level that we see from an FX, TNT, TBS, all those higher USA, all those higher profile networks, or do they do do or the, do they just want to go ahead and stay, you know, keep the status quo and just stay at that level? That's that's a commitment they have to go ahead and, and come to grips with whether or not they're going to go ahead and have a larger platform or they want to go ahead and just be there as in just another channel. So oh. anything last uh, in regards to cable going on that you want to talk about going on this summer? Because like you said, reality TV with MTV is still there and there's still a lot of other options that are available. But anything, uh, you know, as far as cable that you want to discuss? Well, there's a lot of premieres going on with the final season of Legion at the end of the month. And we have TNT premiering Claws season three, which I thought it was pretty interesting. BBC America is also premiering a show called Luther in season five, Fear the Walking Dead. And then there's AMC is premiering N-O-S-A-S-4-A-2. It's Nosferatu. Nosferatu. Yeah, it's basically a a vampire. It is starring Zachary Quinto, who is from Star Trek. Uh, That's probably the best known, or also Heroes. He, I believe, is going to be playing a character that ages to at least to 150, was what I'm reading as far as the press releases. But Nosferatu deals within the vampire realm and Dracula and all that, so... We'll have to wait and see how that clicks with audiences. Of course, like you said, Fear the Walking Dead. And I had a conversation recently with Daphne Matthew from the Walking Dead fan base, one of the largest fan bases for the Walking Dead that's out there. And she was readily admitted of the possibility that this could be the final season for Fear the Walking Dead because they, you know, they're going to kill off well, there's a good possibility they're going to kill off one of their major characters and also a possibility that the show, which has been a clear junior show to The Walking Dead, just looks like as the numbers for The Walking Dead goes down, the numbers for Fear the Walking Dead also goes down. And if that's the case, the cost, the production issues, and, and all the expenses aside that Fear the Walking Dead has, it looks like that this could very well be the final season for Fear the Walking Dead. My money says it is, but I want to hear your thoughts as far as what the numbers are telling you and when it comes to Fear the Walking Dead. Hmm. I don't know if season five is going to be the final season, but I think they're going to pull like an almost better Call Saul and call season six the final season. 
Uh, that that might be a better assumption because yeah, if, if that's the case, they might give it one or at least maybe a truncated season where it's maybe like an extra two or three, four episodes in a season six to finally call it a day. That's what the ratings are telling me. It's not that bad. It's like mostly on tier with the middle tier of AMC and AMC as a whole has gone way down in the ratings minus a few more shows. But the cost factor is going to add up a little bit. One of the ways they do is killing off some major characters, which frees up some of the cost factor. But how are they going to sustain themselves is the bigger question. This is true because a lot of their shows that have been staples of the network are either in trouble, ratings decline, or being ended altogether. I mean, there were some other shows that we were seeing over the course of the past five, six seasons that are actually either ending or have ended. So they're not replacing it with shows that I think are capturing audiences at that same level. So we'll have to wait and see what progresses with A&E. Nosferatu, I like Zachary Quinto as an actor. I think he's been a great Spock for Star Trek. So I'm hoping for the best for that. But yes, there's a lot of great things going on in cable, but we've delayed it long enough. We're coming right back with more on the ranking of the schedules because the schedules were announced right after the upfronts. And I'll ask you, Jess, you have a ranking from best to worst, or do you want to go worst to best? You know, when it comes to ranking the schedules, what flows best? So I want to hear it. What do you want to do? Best to worst or worst to best? I'll go from best to worst. Um, Clearly, Fox and NBC are pulling all the stops for all their programming. I'm going to expect that they're going to be pretty strong, like in number one and number two. CW is middle tier, but you kind of expect them to like make too many moves. But Fox did pull too many moves, which was one of the bigger complaints. But honestly, I saw it as like a really solid schedule, though. There were some clear ratings decline shows like Empire, for example. And there's another show in 911. Let's pair it together. Let's see how that goes on Tuesday nights just to fix that night. That was a pretty solid move. That was a pretty solid move. So number one on your list of television schedules overall in your rankings is Fox Television. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And number two? Number two is? NBC. Why is that? I mean, they have a lot of great shows there, and they have been now supplanting CBS as a consistent ratings lead. So I want to hear your thoughts on what is making NBC still so attractive to audiences at this point in time. I think it's mostly with the promotion and they're keeping things a little bit stable. Although what kept me at putting it at number one is Thursday night and Sunday night for mid season because Sunday night, they pretty much punted with putting some of your weakest rated shows on Sunday night when it should be some of the strongest shows in there. There should be a veteran in there somewhere, but Putting a weekly rated realities over with an even weaker rated Good Girls, which has a Netflix deal to survive. Eh. 
that's not a good move for affiliates. No, it's not a good move for affiliates, but still you can't argue very much with what NBC has been doing because they have now come out as the number one network on television as of now. They've made some good decisions for the most part and have done pretty good as far as overall trying to provide audiences with a variety of scripted and non-scripted programming. So NBC now ranks as your number two, your number two network as far as the schedule overall is concerned. What comes after NBC as far as the number three announcement of schedules coming this fall for television? It was a mix. It was very close. My number three is CW, which is very close with CBS, though CW put out a pretty strong schedule, though, but there were too many open holes. Ratings are going down as a whole. And I think the biggest strong move is using Arrow for the final season for The Flash because The Flash clearly can't launch a brand new show. So let's try a veteran in there. Let's try and see if Arrow still has some life in it, even for its final season for the crossover. And then we're going to launch the next show. Another solid move is putting Batwoman in the 8 p.m. slot because they have so much faith in that show, but they didn't have that much faith with other entries. But the surprising move, which probably put me at number three on it, they put All-American on Mondays next to Black Lightning. Sounds like a total mismatch. It does sound like a total mismatch, but let's hope that works out. In regards to Batwoman, I did see the trailer promo for it. I am impressed with it. I think it's something that could be something good for the network. And that could be something that garners whatever audience catches a CW might actually watch or gravitate towards Batwoman. Because I think that, I, I don't know, I just it, it, it appealed to me in a way that not many other DC shows on CW has. So I'm hopeful that especially after the burnout of Gotham, that people still have an interest in the Bat universe because, I don't know, it's, it's going to be tough to say because we've had so many years of Gotham and we're going to get a lot of retreads coming when it comes to Batwoman. That's a, definitely a possibility. Or how is it going to be packaged differently? Because we've also got the Batman DC film coming along the way here in a couple years. So people may get burnout as a whole of the whole Bat universe and it's all these DC shows on CW, so it is still up in the air. But as of now, there's some some promising things happening to the CW. I like Batwoman personally as far as a show. I think there's some good momentum towards it, and I think that it does have a chance to succeed. What is number four on your list of the ranking of the schedules coming up for the fall season? This one, to me, is a little bit of a surprise on how low it's ranking with you. Huh. Yeah, CBS, it's pretty close with CW, though. But the thing that made it number four on the list is, one, they benched a show that was going into its fourth season in what have been a syndication. They benched MacGyver, and then they put Magnum P.I. to see if it holds its audience on Friday. Doubt it. Plus, they got the big hits are going to probably be Let's see what Thursday nights are going to go on because we have like three new comedies going to premiere both on Mondays and on Thursdays. 
We'll see if it fires like on all cylinders or creates a solid backing like the neighborhood. But the two comedy, the two comedy blocks, you have like, it's basically the A show on Thursday and then you get the B show, still solid, junior rookie on Mondays. Another thing, it's keeping bull on the thing, even through controversy. That's another thing. Yeah, Bull has been a great source of controversy indeed. You and I discussed that in our May TV update, and it is still continuing today how it's still out there as a show and as a continuing series. I mean, a lot of controversy and talk is behind it. Not all of it good, of course. CBS is still sticking by it. How much longer? We'll have to wait and see. Obviously, the ratings will dictate that. I am still... Not in love with many of the CBS period dramas that they have there. The one-hour dramas, very formulaic. A lot of them are drab. A lot of them are very uninteresting. But you know what? That's me. Kudos to everybody out there that's enjoyed it because CBS has been a favorite for so long. I think some of these shows are getting a little bit long in the tooth. I'm not going to go ahead and mention any names in particular, but there are a lot of shows that are thinking are long in the tooth. And that's part of the reason why I think NBC has overtaken them as the number one network is because their reluctance to go ahead and shift in different directions. So as long as they keep on this periodic drama type format and this one hour drama fill in spots with that and sprinkle in with maybe a sitcom here or there, that still to me says that they're not deviating from their plan, no matter how much maybe the audience is trying to communicate them to doing so. I mean, they still have their their base audience that they draw from, but as that audience tends to get older and there's new millennials and new people trying to go ahead and find what what's going on TV, they're deviating from stuff like that was being presented on CBS and maybe going either to an NBC or a streaming option or other type of outlet. And I also mentioned benching Criminal Minds for the final season. Yes, yes. Criminal Minds for the final season, benching it. And that's a, a long-running show that, again, that may have worn out its welcome a little bit too long. But you know what? There's still other great programming that they have on CBS. It's just with all the one-hour dramas that they have on there, you've got to be someone that's committed to watching whatever CBS has to offer in that realm. For me, it's never really turned me on as far as a, you know, I got to go ahead and watch it. I got to go ahead and watch it. CBS has really never drawn me in as a, as a consumer, but they're still a, a solid base. They were number one for many years, and now trying to get back into that position is going to be a tough task, especially the fact that their audience is getting older and their shows are continuing there to matriculate year after year after year without much new fresh blood that's able to connect with audiences. So what is your fifth and final, well, you can pretty much tell already, fifth and final on the list of ranking of schedules because this, of all the five, the networks that we've seen is probably the one that you have the most problem with. And I'll let you go ahead from there. ABC has a lot of issues. I know we hinted briefly earlier in this conversation as far as the change in regime what has the change in regime as far as up at ABC done to make or not make a schedule that's worth watching this fall? <sighs> ABC, Tuesday night, super weak. The other thing is they were too safe on Mondays. And they put the rookie in the Sunday night death slot 
which has been a death slot for a couple seasons now, whereas Tuesday is just oh, mediocre. And for a while, Tuesday night has been in the, okay, the rookie has been doing okay compared to a falling comedy block. So it's not as bad for Tuesday night death slot as Sundays has been for the past few seasons outside of American Idol. Going into Friday, they, they decided to take a solid B show, is like I call it with CBS, with American Housewife. They put it on Fridays, and TGIF has not set the world on fire. Let's just say that. And they're continuing that for another season. And is there anything else from ABC that you see is going to help them at all? I mean, because like you said, they're in a state of flux at this point in time with some shows that really are not resonating well with audiences. There's some others that are doing okay, but for the most part, ABC is falling behind. And that's for, unfortunately, some very poignant reasons why that they're not really at that level of NBC or CBS at this point in time. And I think the reason is they put Dana Weldon as the new president of programming on like ABC as a whole. She's okay. It's Carrie Burke that everyone has been having problems with with in the ratings world because she was the one that like literally ordered the lowest number of pilots and none of the pilots that were eventually going to be put on air are up to par with air. And so that's why they made a poorly constructed schedule. It apparently looks like it. And unfortunately, when it comes to the ranking of schedules right now, coming up for the fall season, ABC is falling a little bit short. It's a shame to see because ABC has fallen from grace a little bit. Whether or not they're going to be able to go ahead and recoup those losses and recoup themselves as a network, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, Disney owns it. They could go ahead and put a lot into it if they choose to. I don't see them doing so. I still see them just going a status quo with just a sprinkle in here, a sprinkle in there. It's really not effective enough to see them overcoming NBC and CBS. Just like I said, it's just strange that they're paying much more attention to Disney Plus, Hulu, FX, and some other options. And they're not really paying attention to what they could be doing in seeing you know, as far as maybe a new a Star Wars show or maybe a better Marvel show than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that would come to ABC. I mean, we talk about all these shows, these Marvel shows that are coming to Disney+, Plus, and instead of going to Disney+, Plus, at least one or two, sh- two of these shows, why don't they come to ABC? That would be awesome. But again, it's all about the money and the subscriptions. I get that. Disney+, Plus is going to get it. But still, ABC does need a boost, does need a jolt. And they, I don't see them getting it anytime soon. I don't see them getting it on the fall schedule. They, I don't see that potential breakout hit from them. I'm hoping I'm wrong. And I'm guessing from you by what you see when you rank them fifth out of the five major networks that there's not that major breakout hit on the horizon from you as well. Yeah, because they put all of their supposed breakout hits in death slots pretty much. And they basically left Thursday as it is since mid-season with the Grey's Anatomy and A Million Little Things. And and they put the rookie on an even worse death slot than Tuesday on Sunday, which Sunday has been the lowest rated night for 
outside of American Idol before the reality shows came in. That's something definitely to think about when it comes to what's going on this fall, when it comes to the schedules and the programming of things you want to see and watch when it comes to broadcast television. But I'll tell you what, there's always something going on when it comes to the TV Ratings Guide at the TVRatingsGuide.com. Jessica, you've been such a great part of the show. Let everybody know out there what is going on when it comes to the TV rating scene and the TVRatingsGuide.com. Why is the TVRatingsGuide.com going to be the destination to go to when it comes to getting people up to date on the TV rating scene? We have reviews. We have renewed cancels. We have opinion columns. We also have our own original shows on the horizon. It's like we're literally starting summer programming and summer ideas. And we also have like an off-topic thread for where commenters can comment on random things that are not TV-related. Fair enough, fair enough. But uh, tell me this. The TVRainsGuide.com will not have its own version of Marriage Rescue. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but we do have family reunions. Okay. Well, that's close enough. Leave it at that. Don't get into the marriage rescue at the tvratingsguide.com. That's all I ask. All I ask. It is the tvratingsguide.com. You got to check out all their awesome programming. Again, they do a great job with all their articles, updates, reviews, original programming, and so much more when it comes to the tvratingsguide.com. And you never know. You might see something from me on there as well. Might go ahead and start looking into putting some things out there for streaming and might send that over to you at the TVRatingsGuide.com. You never know. We'll have to wait and see. Jessica, it's always a great time talking to you about the latest and greatest coming up in the TV rating scene. It's going to be a great summer. I hope to see you back in July with another TV ratings update. Great to talk to you again, and always glad to have you a part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Hey, what's up? This is Chad with Pop Culture Cosmos and Humanican Media. We are here at Witchstone. Witchstone? I'll tell you which one. This one. We're going to tell you a little bit more about it. I've got Phil with me here. Hi. And uh, Phil, tell us what you do for the game. Uh, I'm a narrative designer, game designer, community manager, PR, marketing, anyways. <laughs> Depends this, on the day. This game <laughs> is very connected at multiple levels here, so there's no isolated things. It's, everyone's like working together on stuff. Um, okay, well, tell tell us a little bit about the game, and yeah, tell us about it. Fine. So Project Witchstone is a RPG in the vein of a Divinity or Baldur's Gate, if you ever played those yes. games. Yeah. Uh, what we do, what we bring new to the table is that we strip away the main storyline of those games. And instead, what we have is a system that generates story beats and events based on players' actions, right? So let's say in typical games, if you kill, let's say, a thousand 1,500 people, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change the main storyline. Yeah, okay. In our game, that becomes your main storyline, right? Because there's probably going to be a bounty on your head. Nice. People will want revenge. People will know your reputation as a mass murderer. They'll probably run away. Nice. You won't make friends, right? Some karma. Yeah, exactly. Or you can take the approach where, oh, let me join a faction. Okay. And rise up in the ranks and conquer the world as wow. I see fit, right? Oh, cool. So all of these are like big events and small events. All of these are possible. It really depends on your play style. It's your adventure. It's up to you to customize it. It's up to you, like, well, 
there's no real set like end point to the game. Okay. It's whatever you feel like. I've lived my adventure. I'm happy with it. Sure. Let me let me roll another character. I love that. Proceed. I love I love doing that. Um, you said about uh, picking your character. Is there any sort of uh, like skill tree that you can like level up your character and as you go like advance in like like skills like yeah, that? Yeah. So you start with the basic classes. So in the demo, when now uh, we have the fighter, we have the the, the, uh, the rogue and all that, but. Uh, we support wizards, like your basic, your basic fantasy, like D and D stuff, right? Awesome. And as you go along, uh, every time you level up, you get to pick your spells, and then uh, at, at some point, you will be able to multi-class as well, right? Me? So, oh, cool. so you can combine nice. two classes together. Nice, that's awesome. Cool. Um, okay, if you, a lot of our viewers are just new that are just getting into gaming. Right. Um, if you could say something to these new viewers. If you could say something to them uh, to get them like interested in this type of gaming, you know, right. what's something that you would that you would tell a lot of these uh, younger or maybe just newer get newer people? Uh, if you like, so it's turn-based, so it's really tactical. So you can take your time. There's no pressure about yeah. screwing up or anything. Actually, screwing up is part of the fun of the yeah, game because all because all the systems react to your actions, right? So so really, you can make a story. Being the fact of, of being really bad at something. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, oh, wow, that's cool. Right, there are there are dice rolling in the game. Yeah. There's uh, so if you fail at dice rolling, there's gonna be stuff anyway that that happens for you, right? Yeah. So um, it's really about using your imagination. What do I want to do today? How do I want to treat our, the, the NPCs in the cool. game? And cool. go from there. Nice. Well, it sounds like something that you can just replay a lot of times over and see how different things plays out. Uh, how, do, how do we get it? Is it out yet? Or? How can we get the game? Right. So uh, right now we have a Steam page. So if you if you want to support us, you can wishlist it. Nice. Um, the goal is to get us on Steam Early Access awesome. before the end of the year. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're going to be having links with those. Yeah, we'll pop a link on there for you guys. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, can you think of any other questions? Okay. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much. This has been Witchstone, and uh, you guys are going to love it. We're going to show you guys some footage of the gameplay also. It's a really cool looking game. The art style is really unique, and I think you guys are going to really dig it.
Starfighters, it's Sean from the Rusted Robot Podcast. Join me and the Rusty crew as we break down the latest geeky movie trailers, talk about TV, comics, toys, games, casting news, and all things nerdy. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the ESO Network, and at therustedrobot.podbean.com. The Rusted Robot Podcast, your source for geek since 2014. The Rusted Robot Podcast. Think about it. Greetings, Starfighters. It's Sean from the Rusted Robot Podcast. Join me and the Rusty crew as we break down the latest geeky movie trailers, talk about TV, comics, toys, games, casting news, and all things nerdy. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the ESO Network, and at therustedrobot.podbean.com. The Rusted Robot Podcast, your source for geek since 2014. The Rusted Robot Podcast. Think about it. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. 
You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.